girl let me tell you about your new favorite podcast presented by black women social with your hosts adrian and nairico we'll be discussing various topics centered around our outlook as black women from different walks of life so tune in and don't forget to follow us on instagram at black women social and our website at theblackwomensocial.com Hi, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Girl, Let Me Tell You, and we're so happy to have you guys back. Thank you for tuning in with us today. So, Adrian, <laughs> Oh, right into it. I was joking. How's it going? It's going. Do you have any tea for us? Uh, no, but I do have some water, and I hope all of you do, too. <laughs> Stay hydrated, folks. No, but so fun. I was looking for some piping hot tea. The piping hot tea is that we find out who's president in the next couple of days. Girl, I'm I'm a little shook. I'm a little worried, a little stressed. Yeah, no, I'm a little shook too. And it's kind of strange. Well, it's not strange, but okay, so here in New York, like all the stores on Fifth Ave have already like boarded up their windows and doors. And like, that's really weird to me. It may make sense, but it's just like weird that like, damn, like this president presidential election is deep because for people to have to board up their businesses because they know some shit's gonna go down. I'm just like, do y'all know something we don't know? Like y'all must know who gonna win if you board this shit up. (laughs) But I, I think that people are scared that because of the current state of race relations, especially is like really heightened right now um, between black people and Chinese people because the president wants to call this the Chinese virus and just like be so xenophobic and who girl, but just between all that, like, you know, there's the opposition is just really strong right now on both sides. So I think that like, you know, people know that and they're like, we're not trying to, have what happened during the Black Lives Matter protests to our business. But you know, I was seeing um Don't Call Me White Girl on Instagram. She was posting and she was like, as a business owner, like you should be outside. Like if you really care about this, don't be scared of your business. Like you should have insurance in your business. Like that will be covered. Like be outside, show the people you're with them, like hand out water bottles and like do stuff like that, um, like for your own community instead of just like standing back there being scared. Well, I mean, like those stores on Fifth Avenue is like Gucci and yeah, and like they ain't gonna stand up for shit. That. I'm like, you think that they? Uh, nah, <laughs> nah. They about to stand up for their pockets. Yeah, they don't care. It's hard to care right now, though. Honestly, there's so much to care about that it's hard to like really care. Yeah, it kind of gets like overwhelming. It's like, okay, so when do I have time to care about all these things? It's kind of like numbing. It's just like, you know, all of this is going on, but if you pay attention to all of it, it's like, whew, anxiety. But if you don't pay attention, it's like, am I going to be a slave tomorrow or? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Girl, I just feel like damn, damn near, that's where we're headed. And it, it, it like seriously makes me sick. Like, why is there so much like hate going on right now? <sighs> Girl, because hate is what is popular. Hate gets people going. <laughs> hate gets people like rallying behind you. And it's it's true, it's sad, but 
I don't know. People pay attention more to hate than they do anything else. That's and true. That's why, like, the president is obviously, like, stupid because, like, education-wise, he's stupid. But, like, propaganda-wise, he's very smart. Because he, yeah. he knows his support group is all mostly uneducated white people who aren't going to fact-check and this and that. And exactly. so he says whatever. He says whatever because he knows they're not about to go look that shit up. <laughs> Right. They they like literally support him a hundred percent no matter what. Like it's so scary seeing tells them go drink bleach, they go fucking drink it. Okay, so one thing that I did want to talk about is like okay, so I know you saw how like fifty cent had went on Instagram and was talking about how like if you vote for Biden, like you're gonna have to pay more in taxes. So my vote's for Trump. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, okay, he has a, a platform and obviously he has like fans, high following. And it's just so crazy to me because um, he has an influence, right? So like, I just feel like him, by him saying stuff like that, it's like it could influence people to vote for Trump when like it wouldn't benefit them anyways, like us regular people. I mean, personally, it doesn't he doesn't influence me but like just saying like us regular people (laughs) like read that and be like oh well 50 cents voting for Trump so maybe he's not even that bad like maybe I should vote for Trump but like even even if you were to vote for Biden and Biden wins like you wouldn't be affected by the whole tax thing because you don't even make over (laughs) you do not make thousand dollars a year and if you do Biden my DMs but (laughs) so like I just feel like us regular people are making like those problems our problems and it's like that's not even our issue and second if you have all that money like why 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 do you have a problem paying more taxes like you make enough money to afford it exactly it's so annoying because you know people will say like I didn't sign up to be uh, an inspiration or I'm not someone to look up to okay well, these are times where if you're not saying something to better your community, your people, or to spread knowledge, then literally just shut the hell up. Like, these aren't, I get it that his whole persona online is to make jokes and da da dee dee, you know, like we get it. But like right now, it's like, bro, you look lame as hell. Like, you look so lame. And then, right. and if your vote's going to Trump just because of tax, it's just like, that's, I mean, that's really selfish. Like, you're not thinking about the greater good of people. And then Lil Wayne going up to me with him. And it's just like Ice Cube meeting up with him for this little platinum plan he got going on. It's like, bro, how don't y'all see that y'all are being used as pawns? Like, y'all are so stupid at this point. He's getting these people who are, who they think is influential to us. And then he's getting them to be like, oh, look, he's not that bad of a guy. And then like, his job is done. Like, as far as doing anything for the black community, like, that's that's what he's doing and then these people are like hey like you should listen to him or like I met with him and he's not that bad and it's like I just can't get over the how he started his whole campaign with being very racist towards Mexican people and uh being Islamophobic and xenophobic like that right there I'm like I don't want to I don't want to listen to anything else you have to say because like where's your morals and integrity like that's just whack as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it goes to show that he does have like a track record of 
you know, racist comments, like even with coronavirus, how he calls it like the Chinese virus. Yeah. And, um, you know, like mocking Chinese people. And then people want to say that, like, ugh, especially in the hood right now, it's like, Trump's spreading bad money in the hood, like PPE, PPE. It's like, first of all, y'all niggas are committing fraud, which I know you normally do. So you're not really worried. But <laughs> I'm like, why are you out here? Um, telling everybody this like they're looking at like mm-hmm, we're gonna get him they're waiting until after the election like we're gonna get a man right now He's like mm-hmm. little daryl write him down tay tay tj write all them down like they're coming after you and y'all are all up here like trying to support this man just because he's putting a little bit more money in your pockets which is sad because like you're that easily influenced like you have no backbone. Like any anything, someone dangles you some money in front of your face and you're going for it. Like right. Speaking of dangling money in our face, um, what do you think's going on with this like stimulus the second stimulus check? You think we're ever stimmy? Gonna- the second stimmy? Like, do you think they're waiting till after the election or um yeah, definitely I I, I think they definitely are like they don't want to have any more talks, which is crazy because you could appoint another Supreme Court judge but you can't have negotiations about a stimulus check. Like, hmm, they don't care about us. Like, I, I hope everybody knows Democrats and Republicans equally do not care about the citizens of America. Like, right. but, and it's just like, at this point, like, obviously I think we, we the people would appreciate a second stimmy, but it's like, y'all, well, when did we get the first one? Was it March, April? Girl, I think it was close to around, like, tax season, so, like, maybe April. Yeah, so I'm, like, it's literally been, like, almost April, May. We're just going to say April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Like, y'all let people go, y'all let people get evicted, y'all let people be starving, they they have to like act like they care maybe some of them do maybe some of them don't but I feel like it's because they never had to be in like our shoes yeah like they've never had to be put in these situations to where they have they have to think like that like they don't they've never had the perspective and never tried to like think from that perspective so they're I feel like they're only limited to what their reality is yeah, or something that they read in a book. And it's like, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but until you experience things for yourself, like that is like the supreme knowledge, I feel like. It's just like, you know, your friends will give you advice and this and that, but until you go through it, you're like, then you're able to look back and be like, oh, like I see what they're saying now, but you really had to have like a personal experience with it to really like grasp what they were saying. Like before they were just words, but now after you go through it, it has meaning. And, you know, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the people who write, who serve us, like have never been us. I was watching this video about, um, it was about like some Trump rally and some guy was interviewing some people and he interviewed this guy. He's like, he's like, so are you pro, are you, you're supporting Trump, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, so I, I assume that means like you're pro-life. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm pro-life. I feel like as a, as a citizen, we should, we should work to protect every single life in the United States. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I see you're not wearing a mask. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, I think that's a choice. 
And they're both just quiet and looking at each other. And the guy laughs because he's just like literally contradicted himself. Literally, it's so funny to hear stupid people talk. Like all you can do is laugh because it's like you don't even realize like your stupidity or like how you're, like you said, like you're contradicting yourself right now. And oh my goodness, this whole pro-choice, pro-life thing is, um, it's very interesting because I think people only think it, it stops at like abortions and it's like, okay, so what about after the child is born? Like, you don't really seem to be pro-life there, my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so confusing. And I also don't understand why, like people who are diehard Trump fans are so against wearing a mask. They're like, it's against my rights. And I'm like, what, <laughs> my nigga? We're just trying to like slow down the rate of infection because at this point, I think everyone's gonna get COVID. It's That's just, what I was thinking. I think everyone will at least have had it once. Yeah, but it's just slowing down the rate of which it's spreading, which is honestly helping the hospitals more than anything. It's not saying that like it's helping COVID itself. It's like, we only have so many people who can help y'all once you get it. So it's like, let's slow that down. So these people got it, get them out. All right, the next batch. All right, the next batch. Like, and like, we're already seeing um, a lack of medical professionals. So it's like, these are really trying times. And I think, I don't know, again, that group of people is super uneducated. Like they're not gonna look that up. And they, the news that they do look, all the statistics are skewed to work in the favor of not wearing masks, you know, because that's what they're, that's what they're paying attention to. That's what they're paying attention to. And that's what they're trying to promote. Um, And it's just like, oh my gosh, the very first thing you learn in statistics is that all statistics are skewed, but it's like, I'm pretty sure y'all ain't ever took a statistics class. I mean, I mean, they're just following along their leader and their leader doesn't wear a mask. So yeah. Yes, they just think it's okay. Do you, but they want to tell they but they want to tell women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Do you think that the that he really had COVID? The president? Um I don't know. I just feel like it's a little funny because he like really he recovered very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like very and I understand since he's the president, he may get special treatment and special doctors to help him get over it quickly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He's just I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they faked it just to make people feel bad about him. Like, oh, he had COVID. I, I also know. feel like it was to promote like getting the vaccine yeah that would make sense because because oh look he took it and he's doing better so now all of you take this and because again medical pharmaceutical companies are in the pockets of congress and politicians and lawmakers like everyone's in bed together so it's helping it's helping them it's helping them it's helping everybody but us uh line their pockets so girl at this point it's like really hard to um, discredit conspiracy theories because I'm like, everything is a shit show. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Exactly. I'm like, what I used to think was reality clearly is a fucking joke. So. Right. Like it all started when we were lied to about Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since then, she was like, I had trust issues. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Now that you mention it, that's, that's where these issues started. <laughs> um 
But speaking of pro-life, pro-choice, so I don't know if you guys keep up with what's happening in the United States of America. But, but um, so we got a new- Emphasis on the KKK. Right. <laughs> I know y'all heard that. <laughs> but uh, so we got a new Supreme Court justice because the uh, other one died. And I'm so sorry, I don't remember her name. She was a groundbreaking lady though, because she was uh, more progressive than some of the other people have. I personally wouldn't really call her progressive, but that's a whole nother thing that we might have to go to into about white feminism versus black feminism or just like being rad- actually radical. But anyway, so we got another conservative Supreme Court justice appointed by Donald Trump. And guess how many judges he has appointed in his four years of presidency at this point? Wait. No, how many has he appointed? Yes. Maybe like 200 something. Girl, 199. She was his 199th. Wow. It's crazy, right? And um, there's actually this video and it's this black pastor, which I really appreciate because I feel like um, the church in our community is really like, that place you know like that's it has a lot of influence is what I mean by that place like the black churches have a lot of influence in our community like it just is what it is and I don't think that we talk about important issues enough in church so I was really glad at this clip of this pastor and none of them are black not one of them I don't even know if any of them are people of color you're saying he appointed 199 judges but none of them are black none of them are black all conservative all very white um and again it's just girl I can't even like formulate into words how much of a mind fuck all of this really is because it's like I'm watching like white supremacy just be like so normalized and it's like it feels like there's nothing you can do about it because like white people already had like the power and money in this country and in this world mm-hmm. so like now in this country you're giving them more and more power you're feeding them this bullshit that black people are still these violent gangsters and all this that mexicans are taking their jobs that asian people are spreading them viruses like you have all this um and it just doesn't make anything better and so it's like white people are going back into like 1942 with their thought process which actually I don't think they ever really changed I think they just hid better that they don't like non-white people and now because of this president they're openly able to like say like putting I feel like putting a Trump flag or poster in your yard on your car is saying that like I wasn't really with any of this shit. I was just trying to be nice. But now I'm able to say that I I don't fuck with y'all like that. Honestly, though, like, um, whenever I see someone wearing a Make America Great Again hat or have anything Trump on their car in front of their house, like, I automatically assume that they're racist. That may not be the case. They may not be. But, like, I, that's, when I see that, like, that's just what clicks in my mind. Right. And they're, there's actually this girl I work with and they were talking about like who they're voting for which I thought was a disgusting conversation to have at work because now I'm gonna have to look at you and really be like Ugh, like you bitches stink but anyway 
but you know, she has a, a family of law enforcement. And so in that aspect, I think a lot of those people are voting for him because he, the language he uses sounds like he puts them first when really he takes away like their pensions and this and that, like, but because he talks highly of them, they like him. I'm like, again, y'all are so easily swayed. It's ridiculous. It's like not really helping anyone's cause and making this a more progressive society. But um, so yeah, all of this conservativeness, it's really just, I don't know. It feels a little restricting to me. And we can talk about it just in the preference of like pro-life, pro-choice, for instance. Mm -hmm. So for you, when you hear people talking about pro-life, like what is your just like firsthand assumption when people are like super diehard pro-life? Okay, well, first of all, the people that I see talking about pro-life, pro-choice, usually the people who are pro-life are usually white males. Mm -hmm. and for me I just feel like again everyone's entitled to their own opinion but I feel like when it comes to making choices about a woman and her body I feel like a man should never have any say in that never never and I say that simply because they never have to deal with having a baby and okay I had a conversation with the girl on Instagram about this and I may have said the wrong thing but whatever I'm just gonna fucking say it (laughs) I said have to deal with the inconvenience of having a baby and she said ouch you think a baby's inconvenient not that I think a baby's inconvenient I don't think a baby's inconvenient I just think that what comes along with having a baby especially when you're not ready is inconvenient like your whole life stops you know like um you have to deal with morning sickness you have to deal with your body changing you're consistently tired like your body's not going to be the same like your feet swell you you're always hungry like you're in your body's in pain and then not to not to mention like you know you can't not that partying is super important but like that stops like you can't go out and party have fun with your friends you know like people don't stop living their life for you just because you're pregnant like your friends are still having fun and um you know even after having the baby but anyways I'm going on a tangent but all I'm saying is that I think I believe that people should have the choice and I just find it like, why are we in other people's business trying to tell them that they need to keep their kid? Like, if you don't want to keep your kid, you don't want to. Whether it just because, whether it just be because you just simply don't want to, whether it be because you don't have the finances to support a kid, whether it be like you may feel like you're just not ready to have a kid. Like, it's none of our business. I just think, and people think that a simple solution is, oh, give the baby up for adoption. But I think that is the worst that's the worst option ever because it's not like the um, the system is the best system for children. It's like you, you hear you hear stories of kids who who get into um, foster homes and their their foster parents either physically abuse them or sexually abuse them. Like it's not always the perfect situation. Some children get adopted by lovely families and live a lovely life, but that's not how it goes for everybody. And it's like, why would you bring a child into this world just to put them through that when you could have just, sorry, say it like that, but just 
cut it off from the beginning. One of the arguments was, oh, well, ha like having an abortion isn't, isn't cool. Like it's not easy. It does a lot to your body, but it's like, I, I'm sure that when you have one, like, you know, the doctors prep you for what you're getting yourself into. And at that point, you have the choice to continue or not. It's not like you're being strapped down to a table and saying like, you're, you're getting rid of this baby. Like everything is a choice. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure people under understand what comes along with having an abortion, whether it be depression or like anxiety or whatever. If you know that, and you're aware of those side effects, then you know what you're signing up for. And if, if, you know, you experience that, you know, you can get help for that or whatever. So be it. But anyways, one of the other solutions was this girl said, just don't have sex if you don't want to have a baby. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Because like, for one, as humans, we don't always have sex just to produce children, one. And two, um, there's people who don't ever want kids in their life. So they should just not have sex. Sounds about uh, impractical as hell. <laughs> right. So I think the solution of just not having sex because you don't want to have a kid doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. It makes sense. Um, I definitely agree with everything you just said. Um, in my personal experience, though, a lot of pro-lifers are just um, religious people and i think because like my life has been surrounded with religion so heavily that you know i i have like a lot of facebook friends who still like um actively go to church and you know are are active in their churches and so they're very like pro life and mm -hmm. like i've even had this conversation with my mom before and she's like if anything happens like you know just give the baby to me and this and that and i'm like i don't think people really understand that if someone doesn't want a kid, they don't want it. Like, I don't want my kids to be out there knowing that they're out there and I'm their mother and I'm not taking care of it. Like, I would rather just not have the kid at all. Like, save everybody the trouble. And people are like, well, um, like you're taking a life. First of all, that baby isn't like, you can only get an abortion up to a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. That baby don't know it's a human. That baby don't care if it's born or not. Right. that baby that baby like when it's baby, not even a baby yet it's a little freaking embryo it's nerve endings and yeah nerve endings. <laughs> i agree to like there's a cutoff to when you can and can't get an abortion like yeah. i completely understand that yeah but like the beginning stages like i just it's i i yet exactly and people believe that um life starts at conception and i'm just like that's what the bible says is that what the bible says that's a lot of people's arguments that what the that's no i think i think i i think that it was something about like something about like first breath like i don't know yeah that baby definitely ain't breathing at a damn embryo <laughs> but anyway <laughs> i'm just saying but anyway i just think listen if you are pro-life, be, why are you just pro-life when it comes to abortions? And like you were saying, like the adoption and foster care system, man, have y'all talked to anyone who's been through that? Like, really, have you sat down and talked to them? Because everybody I know that's been adopted and has been through foster care, like those things really sit with them. That's things that they have to work out in life. And like, I'm 
not 100% sure, but maybe like 67% sure that they would have rather just like, they just feel like, like, why did you have me? That is a lot of what they think. And so I think that if, you know, a lot of mothers were even allotted the chance to get abortions, because we have to, we have to talk about um, why, especially women of color, like can't get abortions because they can't afford it or we don't have proper health care in our communities and things like that. Um, like that is a major point of why a lot of children are in the foster care and um, I mean, foster care systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we have to address that. And then also um, we have to address, we have to address that. And we have to address the fact that once people are born, like you just leave them off in the dust. You say, well, if you want this, you need to have a good job and you need to work up and this and that. And it's like, if you believe in life so much, then you believe that every life should be receiving the need, the basic needs it needs to live, to survive. Like, why are you so pro-life, but you believe people should struggle because they didn't freaking go to college or I don't know. It's just like, since here. Y'all are not making sense. And like you said, I think everyone needs to mind their business. And I was actually listening to this. It was this um, interview on NPR one day. And this lady was actually, she researched it. And a lot of women who get abortions actually already have children. And they don't want any more because the cost, the cost and the inconvenience of having a child. And, and you know what's crazy? Sorry to cut you off, but like people will be against abortions, but say a woman of color has like six kids and she has to be on like welfare and food stamps and WIC and people are like talking down on her about that. But it's like, you don't want her to get, you don't want her to stop having kids. Like, what do you expect? And then they're just like, well, she needs to be more responsible, close her legs, da 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 are you going to sit up here and tell me that having sex does not feel good? And not only that, but it's just like, when people are poor, there's like very few things that can make them feel good. That's why you see a lot of homeless people that are addicts. I'm like, sex is one of those things. And if you're at a low point, like you're going to cling to anything that makes you feel like, ooh, and I think sex is one of those things. So you're going to tell me that people should not feel good just because they can't afford the possibility of having a child. And I do agree that if you are having sex, you should know the consequences that come with having sex. It's not just children. You can get life-threatening STDs. You can get an STD that makes you never be able to have a child. Like, let's talk about that as well. Don't just sit up here and tell people like, don't, if you don't want to uh, have kids, don't have sex. Like, you sound so fucking stupid and Right. Boring. And again, it's one of those things, like, this. Um, obviously, this topic has a lot of layers as well. Like, um, but this is, like, one of those things where, you know, the people who are saying, like, pro-life, they haven't, they haven't looked at the other perspective. Like, they haven't taken themselves out of their shoes and looked at it from a different lens. Like, for example, worst case scenario, like, someone gets raped and they end up being pregnant like you think that person should have to keep that baby if they don't want to like why would someone want that like that constant reminder of what happened and like shout out to all the women who do keep their children out of that right not everybody can carry that load not everyone is strong enough like people you should have the choice though exactly like there's some women who can definitely be able to see the blessing in that 
And that is, that's great. But there's other women who every time they look at that child, they might feel like that shit is happening to them all over again. And next thing you know, they got to drink every day or be on drugs every day and not be a present mother in their child's life. At which point it would have been better to just not have the kid. And you're denying, you want to deny people. Literally what pro, pro-life pro people want is to deny abortion, period. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want that shit to happen at all. And I just think that's so, like that's so, you're just so out of touch with reality when you think yeah. like that. And I understand and I respect your religious, your religious um, prerogatives, your religious choices. I think that everybody should be allotted those, but I don't think that should be like the do all be all like that. Just because that's what you believe, that doesn't mean that's what you believe. Right. If that's what you believe, then you never have an abortion. Okay. But I don't think your, your opinion should control what other people can and can't do with their bodies. Because at that point, I feel like what other what other reason would you would it be to not allow abortions? Because I mean we we have technology to where the point that they're safe. I think more women die in childbirth than they do getting an abortion. Right. And not you know now with how like um technology is like not all abortions are medical. Yeah. I think they have like a pill now. Mm -hmm, They do. Sure? So there's other ways, like there's ways you could do it safely without it being like medical. Yeah. I kind of want to like dive into what like pro-life, like why they choose pro-life. And you said religion, like, can you think of anything else? Mm, mm, I think uh, it also has something to do with control. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I really... I have a hard time understanding why people are so hard on pro-life because I really just, I don't get it. And I think that, you know, men use having a child with someone and means to like control them and not always just in like such a, like, why aren't you home? You need to be here by four. But just like, once you have a child with someone, you're connected to that person for life. So it's kind of like a manipulation manipulative type thing and I think that you know men want to a lot of men want to get back to like you know having the woman like serve you and in a way once you have a child with a woman like they think that that's their property somehow I don't know I think men want to go back to 1588 some of them and that's like a way having a child with someone is a way to let that happen Mm. Um, what about you? Do you think there's any other reason? I can't think of any. I literally can't think of anything besides like religion. Like that's the main thing that sticks out to me. And most of the people that I know personally that are pro-life, they're like real, like diehard Christians. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And it's crazy because earlier you were saying how like a lot of pro-life people, you know, are like white males. And it's mm-hmm. like, for me, I feel like the black community, it's actually, and even in data will show that black people tend to like vote very conservatively like we're a very conservative group of people and it is because of religion especially christianity which which do would we like to break down why black people are so damn christian (laughs) do you you know narika i do any ideas 
any idea i have an idea okay so basically i saw this book and it was like called how to make a negro christian and it says just in case y'all thought i've been lying all these years about christianity being a tool used to enslave us i actually had the honor of going to the african-american history museum in dc and there is a section there where it shows you how they cut out books and verses of the bible especially the story of Moses and how we have been lied to and manipulated our whole lives I'm sick I'm literally I'm sick and it's not to say that Christianity as a whole is like it we're not saying it's bad or anything I'm just saying that the the versions of Christianity that we as black people practice are a direct result of slavery and of that being pushed down our throats as slaves, because let's face it, a lot of African slaves, um, enslaved people, let's call them enslaved, a lot of um, enslaved Africans, they either practice Islam or they practice their um, traditional religions or practices. And then it wasn't until they got to the Americas that they were forced into Catholicism or Christianity or what have you. Um, And literally like, they made them go to church. They made them go to church and they made them believe that this was God's will um, and all this, like the reason that they were enslaved, God wanted them to, this to happen to them, that everything happened for a reason. And I think that that, that level of thinking, it's still very heavily promoted in our culture. Like something bad happens to you, and the only, the only thing that your people have to say to you is like, everything happens for a reason. It's all God's plan. And it's like, yes, as someone who believes in God, I, I do still think that everything happens for a reason. Don't get me wrong. But it's also like, it also I don't know how to say this, but it kind of feels like brainwashing in a type of way. You know, like you literally yeah. don't, you've never thought for yourself. You literally only thought in terms of religion. Mm-hmm. And That's why I like, I believe in God, but like, I'm not too heavy on the religion stuff. Yeah, I'm not too heavy. I'm really not because most of, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I agree. I'm not heavy on like, because honestly, when you look at religions at the end of the day, most of them are saying the same thing. They just have a different figure. Yeah. And they have different practices, but at the end of the day, everything is the same. So, and I also, there's this quote by this philosopher. He's like, the more I study religions, the more I think that like men are just like uh, studying themselves. Like, you know, it doesn't even, a lot of this doesn't even have anything to do with God or a higher power at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it is, I don't know. And I know this is going to ruffle a lot of people's feathers, but it's the truth. Like, if, have you ever thought about something outside of your religion? like or do you just think this way because this is what you were taught and I think it's always good to challenge what you were taught that doesn't mean that you're like questioning everything but it's like do you have a mind of your own do you know why do you know why you think like this right I think for a lot of uh a lot of black people like nothing was ever questioned first of all like it's in our culture you're not allowed to question things it's it's because I said so or yeah it's what it is but and their their way of thinking is like really like old old school yeah it is and it doesn't make any damn sense like before i could see especially like uh our grandparents generation and things like that i could see because you know they were dealing with heavy segregation and it's just like listen 
Like it, every, everything has to be very law and order. Cause if you step out of this one, this one thing, like you could lose your life because like things were just so different back then. It was like, don't ask no questions. Just do as I say, like, I'm literally trying to save your life. But mm-hmm. now it's a little bit better. <laughs> it's a little bit for a little bit longer. Cause girl, <laughs> I'm just saying about this election and I am getting scared. No, I feel you on that. Yeah, but um, sorry. I know I just went on a whole rant on the whole Christianity thing. But do you have anything to add to that? No, I would have just started talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just feel like, like, I just have a hard time believing Christians. Yeah. I, I really do because it's just like, I'm not saying that they're the worst people that's not what I'm saying but I just feel like they're very hypocritical Mm. and very judgmental yeah it's like you want to be Christ-like so bad that you're judging everybody and you end up being like the most non-Christ-like person I've ever met right (laughs) because the people I know that can quote the bible from front to back are people I don't necessarily even want to be around like you don't really show kindness you show judgment and like I can't I can't judgment gossip like you're doing a lot of things that like personally my experience in church a lot of the people I know in church did things that were very ungodly so <laughs> girl it's just like it's funny because everybody talks about preachers kids and stuff but you, they're the worst ones ministers <laughs> kids preachers kids we all know the drummers be hoes like at the church the music the musicians like they trying to talk to her 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 and missionary her it's just like church itself it's just it's just a, um it's another like social circle at the end of the day yeah. so mm-hmm. a lot of things come involved with that but yeah I'm that's not gonna lie though I learned a lot of good lessons in church though. no definitely like some of those sermons oh mm-hmm. my god they'll stick with me forever for sure yeah. but um, I think it's more of just like the people like just the people like I'm a Christian but they do like they just do a lot of non-Christian like things yeah I'm I'm just not for it yeah and I think that, um, so yeah, with this, with this whole election thing and what's going on in America, I think that that has a heavy influence. And then also, I think we tapped into it a little bit earlier, but it's just about how like people really care about lining their pockets and money as mm-hmm. opposed to caring about like their community. And- Which is strange because like, essentially we all need each other. Like we all need each other. So for the rich to stay rich, they need us to spend money it's like a circle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if all the money is just staying at the top and none's being filtered down to us like it's the circle isn't going to keep going it's at not, some point it's going to crash it's not going no damn way it's going to crash and that's why I'm like people need to start thinking about the greater good of everyone instead of just themselves because again if you keep all the money at the top like wh- where is it gonna it's not going to be filtered out it's just gonna crash Exactly. Why do you think that people are like so focused on this money aspect? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I feel like, I don't know, because I, I feel like maybe they're just stuck, like, I, like we've been saying, like they're stuck in their own reality. And of course, their immediate circle are people that are just like them. Mm-hmm. So that's all that they see. That's all that they experience. So at some point, like you kind of forget about the regular people and you're just thinking about 
um, what what affects you and your people around you. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I was watching this. Uh, this was years ago, but it was about an election. I think this was when Obama and someone else mm-hmm. was. Um, they were who was he going against? Anyways, it doesn't matter. But they were talking about how like us younger people need to get out and vote because the older people they're voting for things that benefit them. So for instance, uh, funding for schools. Old people have not been in school for years. So of course they're gonna vote against putting funding towards schools because that doesn't benefit them. And I guess it's kind of like the same thing with people with money, they vote for what benefits them and they're not exactly thinking about everyone else. Exactly, there was, um, oh, I'm so mad. I do not remember his name. But he was a football player and he was uh, in another circle with football players. The only other one I remember is Ocho Cinco because yes, that man, yes, is, yes, I think that I man is so fine. Yeah. <laughs> I remember his name. He had like little braids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, I saw that video. That was really good. So he was talking about like, while he as a millionaire doesn't mind being taxed because he knows that that money is going to go back into his community. And he, he, he don't just hang around a whole bunch of rich people all day. Like he still has friends and family who are just, you know, everyday people who don't have millions. And he's like, they, like, they need the money. Like, why are they taxed more than him? when he has the actual means to put money into these resources and then still live a very abundant life. like Right, and this is what we were talking about, how we were saying that um, like those people that are higher up making the decisions, they need to have been in our position before to understand. Mm-hmm. He, he's been in our, that football player has been in our position. He's lived a regular life. I, I don't know if he's middle-class, low-class, I, I, I don't know, but he gets it mm-hmm. because he's been there. And you know what's crazy? It's like a lot of these athletes and uh, entertainers, they've been in our position, but now you got a couple extra zeros in your bank account and you forgetting that you was back at the crib eating pork and beans, Monica. It's not adding up. Government Right. (laughs) Monica, you're a traitor. And so you're just violating everything you grew up on because you got a couple, like we, we, the people who still have those regular zeros in our bank account, we call that being a sellout. And it's just like, damn, like y'all don't care at all. But I think that it, um, this whole idea that money is above all and why people want to support this terrible person just because he's putting a few more dollars in their pocket is because like, that is so deeply embedded into our culture. Like, think about it. They literally, they literally call it the American dream. But now I think that that's just turned into like grind culture. Like it's just a different name for the American dream because people think that like, oh, the harder you work or the more you do this, the, the more money you're going to end up having or like the better life, a more better life you're going to end up having. And it's like, um, if you really look at it, that's not how things go. A lot of people who have... Uh, this money that you're looking at that is so amazing, this life that you're looking at that is so amazing, that's generational wealth that mm-hmm. you're looking at. And like- Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of generational wealth, like I just want to say that um, one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of Black families, like I haven't noticed very much like generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the um, rich Black families that you see, like, artists 
you know, musicians, mm-hmm. football players, like athletes, whatever, like their, their money isn't like generational. Like they, they get, their checks are cut by a white man. Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy to me. I was thinking about this the other day when I was like going to Hudson Yards and I'm like, dang, like there's a lot of like rich white families. Like they really have bread. And like, I never heard of or met a black family that just had money. Right, Buku. And um, there was this Chris Rock. Um, he was, it was during one of his standups and he was talking about like in his neighborhood, there's not a lot of, uh, he's like one of the only black people in his neighborhood or the only black person. And he's mm-hmm. looking around, you know, he's an entertainer. So he's, that's why he has his money. But he's looking around, it's like, this person's a doctor, this person's a dentist, this person does this, and these are all white people. And he's like, they live in, like, I have to do all of this just to be their neighbors. And they're literally, you know, not that these are regular jobs, because these are in the medical field, and you know, they're, they're good paying jobs, but it's just like, I'm pre- black dentists and black doctors, they're not in these neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? Because although they do have good paying jobs, they did still have generational wealth to help them. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's gonna take like, listen, we're generations behind, it's gonna take us a minute to catch up. But outside of that, I don't think that like a lot of people have the mentality, that mentality, like they don't even understand what's really going on. They just think, oh, I got all this money and like, I'm supporting my kids and I'm getting them what they want. But it's like, you're not building their mindset to keep this shit going. But okay, remember that interview we were just talking about with the football players? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in that same interview, mm-hmm. he was saying that it's hard when you get money because all your family just expects you to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And if you keep giving your money to, to them, like you're going to be broke yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's common, like in the black community, like once one person gets money, like, you know, the whole family, everyone comes out. It's like, hey, can I get some? Hey, can I get this? Can I get that? And the guy was saying, I wish we knew his name because I hate calling him the guy. I know. But, yeah, but he's like, um, he's saying like, he's just started telling his family like, no, like you find a house, I'll put the down payment on your house to, I think he said like 20% or whatever, basically so that their mortgage would be low enough for them to pay. And mm-hmm. basically he, they would have a house, they would have a low mortgage, they have a nice ass home, but he would be their landlord and they didn't like that. But that was a way to keep the wealth like within their family because he's buying all them houses and basically he's getting, he's making all the money back and he's, you know, he has property, one property. And two, he was saying that any family member comes to him with a business plan, he will invest in their business. Even if they have an idea and they don't know how to like, how to lay it out, he will, he will hire a um, consultant to help them develop their business. And he said that he's told his family that he's dying for someone to come to him with a business plan or an idea. And he said, none of them have done that. They just rather just have the money. Have the handout. And it's like, again, that must be like a mindset thing in the black community, because it's like, even for people who have the resources right there, they don't take it. They would rather just have the money. Mm-hmm. And that money like comes and goes if you don't invest it in something. If yeah. you give me a thousand dollars and I go and buy a Gucci sneakers, like that's it. The money's gone. Mm-hmm. But if I if I invest that money into a business, it circulates mm-hmm. and it grows into something more. But that's not like what we're conditioned to do. It's because I think that we don't have, first of all, we don't have healthy conversations about money, but it's also like we don't know enough about money 
one because it was it was purposely hidden from us how things actually work you know but now we're definitely able to find this information ourselves and apply it um I think that everyone should take a financial literacy class. Yeah, you should. And everybody should also take a a class on mortgages and things like that, because people be like, "Um, I think that what I find is most popular is for black people to only really think about money in terms of like owning a house or owning property or things like that. And it's like, there's more than just paying that mortgage when it comes to owning a house. Like, and, and that also goes into not understanding financial responsibilities. It's like, you have to pay for the upkeep of that house. Like when something happens, you have to hire an electrician, like maintenance isn't coming. There's no maintenance, you know? Like right. there's so many things that come with it. And that also I think goes into like how um, you were saying how his, um, his family members, they, I think, feel a little bit offended that he won't just give them the money and opportunities to do whatever they want. But he's like, um, I'll help you get to that point. And to them, I can definitely see how that feels like, like, dang, why aren't you trying to help me out? But it's like, when you have something, you you worked real hard for it. You're not just trying to give it out. Um, I understand this in terms of a car because like, My mom, she always, like my first two cars, well, my first car, she made me buy. The second one, she just happened to give to me because she got a new one. She was like, it's paid off, why not? So my first car, she made me buy. Like she helped out maybe $1,500, but the rest, like I had to buy my first car because she told me, she's like, everybody that I know whose parents give them a car, they like wreck it or they don't take care of it because like they don't know what it took to work for it. So to them, it's just like, okay, like I need a car to get around. Like, thanks. Like, why is this such a big deal? But girl, let me tell you, if you leave a rapper in my back seat, I'm popping off because I ain't work. I ain't work all this time. We save up all this money, okay, <laughs> for this car. And you're going to sit up here and disrespect it. And it's the same thing with like anything. Like if you work towards something, okay, yeah, I have the money. Obviously, if you have the money, you're going to want to see, you don't want your people to be in the hood or something like, okay, we get that. You're going to help them. But it's like, I can't do everything for you. You're still a human being. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and we, as black people, I think we're very communal. So I love how he was like, let's go in on a house or let's like, you know, let's all live by each other. And um, like, you know, it's a, it's a cultural thing to all want to be by each other and to help each other out. Like, that's just how we are as a people. But you can't be giving people handouts. Like, as a human thing, that's just going to set people up to um, be dependent on you and not know how to do shit for themselves. And also, your money's just going to go. Your money's just going to go. Right. Like, you're not, it's just going to be gone. Like, it's not, that shit's not going to last. And um, you said about Black people being communal. And I was watching this movie, this show called Snowfall, which I know you're aware of. And there was this episode where Franklin bought three houses on one block Mm -hmm. for him, uh, Lee, and the other guy that he ended up killing. But anyways, so (laughs) I thought that that was pretty cool. Like if like we could do more um more things like that in our community like our whole like the whole family you know like help each other and buy like out the whole block like you know how dope that would be exactly and we scream about gentrification and this and that and it's like obviously we as people who live in these neighborhoods we don't have the funds to like buy back all these houses not all of us but it's like 
little things like not selling your grandma's house just because it's in the hood or da 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 da. Now when they start adding smoothie shops and you can't even run in your own hood no more and you're mad, it's like okay, but like y'all sold all this shit, like right, like people just need to start buying back the hood, like buy it, make it up nicer for black people, right. like gentrification shit like it like no and it's like okay control of our communities like you have so many other races who have control of their own communities and black people just like you know someone could easily come in with some money and take it Mm -hmm. and I also feel like you know listen I am not a millionaire so I'm like I don't know how all this shit goes but I personally think that it would be much more beneficial to go to your neighborhood or to a neighborhood that you want to help out to fix up that neighborhood for instance okay all these houses are being torn down or sold okay maybe you don't want to invest into building houses people are building medical care facilities in these neighborhoods because like healthcare is a big thing in our communities or for instance build some um low-income housing like some apartment buildings say you don't want to build all these houses and the things that come with it okay build some apartment buildings hire some maintenance people keep it you know up and it's like boom you 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 don't even have to buy the whole thing but invest perhaps invest group with a couple people who also want to help and I don't know maybe you dish out 20 45,000 and do this one thing but it will create jobs it'll create opportunities like you're doing so many other things by just doing this one thing and I don't think people understand like how detrimental that is bro you saying all that is literally the reason for black women social (laughs) like that's literally it like to grow something Mm-hmm. that can make money to give back to communities to give people opportunities because our people don't get enough of it yeah you know how much talent that there is out there like in the hood not even in the hood but in black communities and they just they either one haven't been discovered yet or two like they just give up on their dreams because they don't have the resources exactly and like that like i <laughs> Just to be able to provide that, like the thought of being able to provide that for someone Mm -hmm. is just like amazing. Right, because it's like us as content creators, I'm like, man, y'all don't know like the back and forth, the things we do, the stress, the doubts that come with all of this, you know, like really trying to build something. And it's not just for self. And I think that's like why us in particular can be so hard on ourselves because Mm -hmm. it's like, this isn't just for me, like, I want to show people that like, listen, I know I've been through some things in life and people are looking at me like, Ooh, I'm surprised she made it out of that. But I want to be <laughs> able to tell my story one day and be like, look, I was here and now look, and then to be able to provide opportunities. And because, because like we were talking about earlier, it really makes a difference when you've actually been through something. Like mm-hmm. you understand all those little things that add up that make, you know, people will try to say, oh, that's an excuse. And it's like, nah, this is reality for some people. Like I, like for instance, I think I talked about this on this one episode. Like I wasn't able to do internships and things like that in college because I had to work. Same. And so people will look at that and like, you don't have this experience and you don't have this. Um, but it's like, 
well if you've never been in the position where you have to like do shit for yourself you wouldn't understand but like just thinking in the aspect of being a top performer you're like oh well you weren't trying hard enough or you weren't doing enough but us because we've been through that we're gonna know like oh okay like you weren't provided these opportunities let me help you out let me help you out i mean I mean, like people would look at someone who did an internship and be like, oh, that person's a hustler. But like, I mean, not to toot like our horns or anything, actually toot fucking toot. But <laughs> like, I, I find like we're, we're like more of a hustler than they are because we still found a way to make it without that little opportunity that would have got us to the next level. Right. And like one thing that I've always said to myself, like, when I have my own business, like I would never have an unpaid internship because I know how that feels to not be able to take that opportunity because it's not paid. Mm-hmm. And I know like not every business can do that, but I, I've said to myself, like, if I cannot pay my interns, then I don't, I don't need to have one. Exactly. Like I will never have an unpaid internship because I don't want to take away that opportunity from someone who needs it. Right. Like to, to be able to take that is such a privilege. If you're doing an internship, you, you're doing it because you need experience. And if you need experience, you're obviously trying to, you know, achieve a certain job level or a certain, um, yeah, you're trying to achieve a higher up position in life. And because of the way our system is set up, you, it's hard to do that and also make enough money. And also, like, have all your shit in order, your mental health in order, and da 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 da. <laughs> like, everything affects everything else. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I don't know. I think these people who who dictate our lives, a lot of them, like I was saying earlier, come from generational wealth. And right. to them, it's like all you had to do was show up. Right. It's like for us, we have to show up and be like three times great and friendship exactly. and pay our bills and make sure that you're not getting too depressed to the point where like you can't even get out of bed today because if you don't get out of bed today, then you can't do And then that. everyone you judges you for that. Right, right <laughs> back into that lazy, circle. But it's like, I'm not lazy, I'm just fucking depressed. Right, I'm like, you can't do that shit that you need to do to succeed. And it's just like, that to me is so fucking toxic and detrimental it is and a conversation i was actually having last night which is crazy because it literally goes with what we're saying is i was watching this video on tiktok and i sent it to my friend and it was like if you really want to help out your children when they graduate from school don't force them to move out right away Mm -hmm. have them parents have them live with you have them pay 200 to 250 a month in in rent and you save that money up for them so that when they move out they'll have about 20 20 20 000 maybe a little bit more and that can be their down payment on a house Mm -hmm. and I was like wow that's amazing like what a way to set your kids up for success Mm -hmm. and we were having this conversation and we were just talking about how like how I feel like white parents they they really set their kids up for success because there's this other video I was watching I'm always watching some type of video <laughs> but this realtor was saying how a lot of times like white families like they will gift like their families will gift people money for a down payment for their home mm-hmm. and she was saying how that's not common in like other um other races mainly african american like and it's it almost feels like 
that they not that they want you to struggle but either they just don't know either the parents don't know any better better or they struggled and they feel like if we go through the same thing or similar or some type of struggle it'll build character it'll Mm. make us stronger and it's like a lot of times a lot of us are struggling because of that and if like I feel like if black parents were to kind of just like set their kids up for success a little bit more in those ways like we could be more successful Oh, I feel that because I feel like what a lot of people of color have in common is like you were saying that like our parents, they don't know any better. They have to struggle. But I think with black parents, it's like that second part you said where because they have to struggle, they want us to struggle too. Whereas Mm -hmm. for me, for what I've seen growing up with other people of color, it's like um, they'll all live in one house. There'll be like 15 people in like a three bedroom house, but they're not going to go out and do all this because all that money that's being made between the 15 of them, it's all being like repurposed into making the children's lives better so that that those children can then, you know, buy them a house for like them to live in one day, you know, it's all for the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, it's like our parents and, you know, there's so many reasons for this that I don't even know if I can get into right now, but it's like, for us, it's like by the time our parents can achieve for us to like, have just a little bit they're tired and they're tired and they also probably don't know any better or they have some type of resentment and it's like let's just focus on being better as a people like I know things are hard but we've got to look at the bigger picture like we have a long ways to go like money talks we have a long ways to go until like we reach this financial literacy that is going to put us in these higher up positions. Like like that uh, Chris Rock story, like he shouldn't have to be the only black person in his neighborhood mm-hmm. because he's a freaking entertainer. Like we need more black dentists and more black uh, everybody just in more elite neighborhoods. Like it's And should, I feel like in order, to, in order to get to that point, like us as a as a black community like we need to be okay with supporting each other Mm -hmm. and you and I were literally talking about this like every community supports each other like Mm -hmm. white people they look out for other white people who Mm -hmm. either have like a um a last name that comes from wealth or they went to their um the same college as them Mm -hmm. or maybe the same fraternity or sorority as them they look out for those people and they hire them Um, in the workplace and pay them very well and then you have like you know the Asian community who own like a lot of the beauty supply stores and you know when you have connects in that space like it's easy for you to get access to those things at you know a cheaper price and then sell them and make money Mm -hmm. also nail salons and then you know and you know the Jewish community like you have you seen their homes like their homes are huge but I feel like when it comes to black people it's always like a almost like a competition or like um they see you have it and they're like oh well why did she have that and I don't like I should be able I should be able to have that but instead like I think we all need to support each other because what you don't realize is that when one of us makes it we all make it like when one of us breaks through that glass ceiling Mm -hmm. do you know that that creates opportunity for the next person to come up and personally like speaking for you and I like if if one of us make it not if when one of us makes it like the next person below me like I'm going to do whatever I can to pull them up as well right like it's like it I don't I don't understand like what all the competition or hate or jealousy is about within the black community but like 
literally when one of us makes it all of us make it literally I think that you know what is what's really like stress in our community is hustling or like just being a hustler but I think the reasons for it and the way that that plays out is usually like not in the most positive light like it's usually mostly for self mm-hmm. and it's like um please think a little bit beyond that like like you were saying, like everybody else sticks together and then you get black people and we are so fragmented. And I understand it is, it, part of that was done on purpose, but it's like, all right, bro, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a couple hundred years, get it together. Like we're so behind though. Like I can't even lie. Like as, as a c- community, like we're very behind. We are. And I'm not speaking negatively on my community because I would never, I am, you know, when your parents are like, I'm just so disappointed in you because I wanted you to do better. That's really how I feel. It's like, bro, I think of us so highly that I want us to act like that. I want to see it and be my feelings match what I'm seeing. Cause like right now it's like, and there's some people, I think our generation is definitely like breaking a lot of barriers. And uh, I think our generation, like we don't hate on others as much as other generations. Cause I know growing up, we'd be like, oh, look at her. Like she did this and now she thinks she's somebody. And it's like, yeah, she thinks she's somebody. Like she should she think is she, somebody. She should think she's somebody. Like, do you see all the oppositions that she got through? You need to be looking up to that. You need to be teaching everybody else the positive skills that she has that exactly somebody like why is that such a negative thing like if yeah. you if you if we respect hustling and grinding so much like like okay why are we hustling and grinding for it? is it just so you can have a nice car and a nice house like no like we need to think in terms of community like i just don't really understand and I, I think that there's a lot of potential and I'm so happy to be a part of the generation that I'm a part of. Yeah. We, we're killing shit out here. Yeah, there, there's a ton of potential there, but like you said, it's gonna take some time for us to catch up, but we're getting it. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that like we, like, uh, we snapped out of that like old school mindset and like right. we're starting to work together and I literally can't wait to see like what the future holds for the black community same and I know for me I focused a lot on like the beauty community that was like the very first community that like I was on YouTube for and things like that and so for me a really big person that I look up to is like Jackie Ina because she is mm-hmm. always 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 speaking up about like she speaks up to brands like y'all don't have enough shades she uh reaches out for opportunities to other black content creators. Um, She lists the people who help her, you know, it's just like little things like that. It's like, oh, who do that? And then she's not like, oh, well, she doesn't want to give it to them because they might have a possibility to outshine her or something like that. She's Mm -hmm. always like very open and encourages for uh, companies and other creatives to hire black creatives and I think that's so dope and it's just like I've noticed since she started doing it it's become like a more popular thing and like I'm saying uh again like I focus more on the beauty community so for her she really stands out to me like I know there are other people who do this just like on social media and in media period but like for her she really like I just love that she does that because I think that um like like you said like we were saying earlier like we're just very much so in competition with each other. And it's like, for what? You're gonna get to the top and there's gonna be nobody you can relate to there because you didn't try to knock everybody else down. Like that makes zero sense. Right. 
Like, have you ever been, you've gotten to this goal and then like, okay, I achieved this. And then you look around and everyone's like white and can't relate to your struggles. And okay, that's cool. Not everyone's reminded of their struggles, but it's also like, for me, I can't relate to y'all. Like how we had to get here is so different, you know? And I can maybe even relate to other people of color, but it's like, it's so important to see people who look like you achieve things that you want to achieve, you know? for multitude of reasons (laughs) right people who look like you and have lived similar life that you have they didn't come from wealth because they they get it it's relatable everything that you've been through is super relatable to them Mm -hmm. things don't seem so out of reach and like I feel like it helps your self-esteem and it helps you feel normal yeah it really helps you feel like more normal because okay especially like right now okay so we were talking a little bit about grind culture mm-hmm. and um I think with like that like it can really make you feel like a failure sometimes Duh. until like you kind of just like take a step back and like speak to your friends and like li- even like going on Instagram sometimes and seeing hearing people be very truthful about what's going on with their lives because you know how we talked about a lot of times um Instagram is just a like a highlight Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's people who are very truthful and share like what they go through and their experiences. And um, you're just like, damn, like, I guess I'm not alone. Like this is, it's normal to feel like this. You're like, so I'm not failing. You went through this too. And you're here. All right. All right. All right. Like you start connecting the dots and you're like, okay, okay. I feel a little better about that, you know? And like, uh, like I know when people are talking about the algorithm and like not getting as many likes and like da, 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 da. And you know, as a content creator, you're thinking at first, like, okay, maybe people aren't like into the content and da, 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 da. But then you see other people who have like a million followers talking about the same thing you're going through. And it's like, oh, okay. Like you feel a little bit of a release. It's obviously not like, oh, well, I can just keep doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, obviously still keep perfecting your craft, but little things like that, they really do help so much. That that relatability. So since we're talking about like grind culture, I just wanted to ask you like a few questions. Oh, okay. Okay, so the first one is, usually we ask questions on our story, but this week we didn't have a chance to, so we're just going to ask each other. So I guess I'll start by asking you the first one. Okay, so it says, in what ways is grind culture healthy and unhealthy? I think it's healthy because um, sometimes you can feel unmotivated and grind culture is always reminding you like, hey, get up today, do something towards your goal. Because sometimes you really do need to remind yourself, at least do one thing towards your goal a day. You don't even have to get out of bed. If If you're having one of those type of days, write out a list of things you need to do tomorrow. And that could be your thing of the day. But like, you're actively thinking about your goal. And I think that's important. I think it can be unhealthy though, because, um, it's literally just like that line is very, very thin, like love and hate. Because when you think about it too much and you're always doing something um, towards that, you can be made to feel that like you're not getting anywhere. And I think like you said, it can affect your, how you feel about yourself. And that is like so unhealthy. How you feel about yourself should just, it shouldn't be determined on the things that you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that I love that. Yeah. 
I definitely, I agree with you on that answer. I think in ways it could be healthy because like you said, it could be motivating, but it could be unhealthy because it can cause burnout. Like if you, if you're consistently feeling like I got, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to meet this goal, this goal, this goal, this goal, eventually you feel burnout and then you just like become unmotivated for a long period of time. And that's something that like happens to me all the time because you know how I am. Like, I'm always like, oh my God, I gotta do this. And then like at like 3 a.m. I'll like hit you up. Be like, oh my God, I've got this idea. <laughs> You're like, why are you up working? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, this. Or like, um, yeah, like the whole constant work cycle. And as an entrepreneur or just a content creator, it's like your job kind of never stops. But I think we should, like, we should have designated hours. Like, even if, hey, if you want to have, make this a full-time thing, okay, then from nine to five, you work on your content. And after that, go enjoy your life. Like, don't make this a thing where this is all that, like, you need to still go out and enjoy life. And I think that's also another thing that can make grind culture. And I think that um, one thing is- I know, I'm like, you're all golden hour over there. (laughs) (laughs) um one thing is that like sometimes when you wake up you just don't feel like doing anything and I think that for a while like I always felt like that was a bad thing like when I woke up and I just wasn't in the mood like I always felt that that was a bad thing for me to feel that way and I'm like okay I need to get up and I need to work but then when I would work what I the type of work I would produce like wasn't good it wasn't up to like my standard of what I normally do And one thing that I realized is that when you feel that way, when you wake up and you don't feel like doing anything, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like allow yourself to feel that way and give yourself a break for that day. Like do something relaxing. Um, But I think with like grind culture, the idea that you always have to be doing something, like it could kind of like trick you into thinking that like, like you're not doing enough when sometimes you just need a break. Like you just need a day to just unwind and relax and get yourself motivated for the next day. Very true. Girl, you ain't said nothing but a word. And I think that kind of like goes into our, the second question. So does grind culture motivate you or discourage you? I think both, like it's motivating because it's just like, dang, like, let me get up and get my hustle on. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's super motivating, especially those posts just saying like, uh, I can't think of one right now, but I always post them on my story because I find them motivating. But again, sometimes it could be discouraging because when you haven't, when you've been, you know, grinding for so long and you haven't reached that point that you feel you should be at, like it it can be like kind of discouraging. I feel that. So for me, I'm going to have to say it's this, it's discouraging. And the reason that I say that is because I think that grind culture isn't just a way, it's not just a motivator. It's like, it's, it's a culture because there's many things that come with it. And so I think of grind culture as like a negative way of achieving your goals. Um, and so for me, like everything that comes with that is discouraging. Oh. I have a question on what you said. So why do you say it's like a negative way of achieving your goals? Okay, so I think that grind culture is honestly just another way of saying the American dream. That mm-hmm. like, if you work harder and you do all of this, then you'll get to like this, this whatever image that you have of a perfect life, you'll get here. Um, so, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so personally for me, I think that that can like be discouraging because 
you know, during this journey, you might discover that like this picture isn't even what you want, but as opposed to like just being dedicated to to that goal or like this American dream or this grind culture, you should just be, you should be dedicated to achieving success and to yeah. achieving like your goals per se, but like every, like this whole thing that goes into everything, like I think it's the first. I, I guess my definition of grind culture is a little bit different. So okay. mine is how exactly what you just said, like, um, reaching your own level of success and meeting your own goals like to me that's what grind culture is um and that's why I felt like for me it was motivating because it like motivates me to like reach my goals and what I define as success yeah it's like Um, such a thin line oh my goodness it's a very thin line (laughs) yeah but no I get what you're saying it's just interesting that um our our thoughts on it are different because our definitions are different. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. if more people would sit down and have these conversations about what they think things are, then they would understand why they think things are different when really they're kind of like agreeing. The same, like we're right. kind of agreeing but different because our definitions are different, but we're both saying the same thing. Exactly, I'm <laughs> like, but people like aren't- Is that American dream shit is for the birds, honestly. To me, that's just for the words. It really is. And especially because the American dream is not for black people. Oh girl, why was I gonna say that? Especially for black people. Like <laughs> what? Girl, that shit was not set up for us. Right. That shit's not set up for us. So uh-uh. I don't But I think that like, okay. I think I just associate grind culture with like these these Twitter memes and shit like you still sleep and it's 10 a.m. and you got something you want to achieve. You mean Forex, niggas? <laughs> <laughs> Just mad fucking aggressive. Like, damn, my nigga, you ain't never been depressed before? God fucking You're like, all right, broke boogums. I see you <laughs> this morning. <laughs> you haven't got up and made money from your phone? Ha, huh, get like me. I went to bed and I woke up with 2K in my account. <laughs> Dummy. Gotta add the dummy. <laughs> dummy, DM me though if you want to get on. <laughs> right, like, you just assault, you verbally assaulted me. And now you want me to reach out to me. Like you just violated me. Right, right, and now you want to be friends? You want to be business partners? Fuck your two bands. <laughs> dummy. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're hilarious. So how have your goals changed from early adulthood to now? Ooh, girl. I'm like, did I even have goals in early adulthood? I was just trying to, I was just trying to see what the next function was. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer. No, nah, I'm gonna answer. I'm good. That I'm like, that was really a reality. But okay, so earlier adulthood, I think that I had, I still had this American dream type idea in my head that oh like I'm gonna go to college and then I'm gonna get a good job and then like even if I do have dreams like I'm gonna use this job to pay for them and then I'm gonna achieve those and then I don't know I might find me a nice little chocolate six four bearded I'm just playing (laughs) I might find me a man have some kids you know we move off into the suburbs and live a decent life now 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 I think that my goals have definitely changed because I've lived a lot more life. <laughs> I've seen a lot more reality. And my whole thing is that I always, 
I want to be proud of myself first. And I think before I wanted to make other people proud or I wanted to have like achieve this goal of what people, of what I've seen is, is something to be proud of. I don't know. I'm just like, Dude, I'm making this space because you're literally, oops. You're literally taking the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm just like, bro, first of all, when I was chasing that shit, I was miserable. None of it was making me happy. Now I'm living life for myself and people might be looking at me like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm yeah. looking at them like, I don't even see you. Bye, hater. Hi, hater. Deuces. You know? Right. So uh, that's definitely how my goals have changed. Yeah. I guess mine were like the same. Like I had just this idea of what, my life should be like like I should graduate and have like this amazing job where I'm making amazing money Mm -hmm. and like married and a kid and a house in that order Mm -hmm. but that's not how life goes and like now I guess it's changed because I'm more focused on like myself and what makes me happy because all those goals were for that I had before weren't necessarily for me they're what I thought that I had to do and what I felt was more appealing to others. Mm -hmm. Um, People find that more acceptable to like have a kid before you're married, have a job first, then get married, then have a kid, then have a house. Like that's what, you know, most people find to be like the glamorous lifestyle, the American dream, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily how I want to live my life. Like I just, I want to do you know, what makes me happy. Like, I don't care about having a job that makes me a ton of money. I'm care. I care more about having a job that where I could live, com- live comfortably. Did I say that right? Live comfortably. Yeah. Comfortably. Could live comfortably. Could live com. That sounds, it sounds so weird when I say it. Anyway, <laughs> live comfortably. Uh, also be happy where I'm working. I don't want to work somewhere where I make a ton of money and I'm not happy. And that's a major, major key. Cause I feel like a lot of people, who I know who make a lot of money, they don't even like their job or they're miserable and they're not fun people to be around. Meanwhile, my server homies and my bartender homies and my stripper homies, like I love being around them. And people, you know, that's obviously not a career goal and this and that, but I'm like, hey man, their job job might be stressful, but their job isn't like a causer of stress in their life. You know what I'm saying? Right. It makes a big difference. Exactly. And I I just want to at this point, like, I just want to live my life to be happy and my definition of success. Like, I don't care what other people see as success. Like what I care about is what I think is success and what's going to make me happy. Yeah. No, like timelines for all oh, I need kids before this age. Like, I'll have a kid when I'm ready. Yeah. And- I'll have a when I'm ready and <laughs> to tie this back into the whole pro-choice thing I'm like <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need some money first sorry <laughs> gonna need that first um so do you feel like social media has influenced the pressure to have your life together in a and like in a certain way or by a certain time oh yeah no definitely I was just having this conversation the other day too like <laughs> I noticed that everyone was dropping like uh, pregnancy announcements, like four people in one day, and some people even younger than me. And I kind of felt away about it. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I felt away because I'm like, damn, like, should I have a kid now? Like, am I supposed to be having a baby? And I felt kind of just like, weird about it. Because like, 
how my life is going right now, like life is seriously never like a straight lane. Like sometimes you go forward, sometimes you go back and the go back is kind of just like gonna set you all the way forward. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know why I'm so animated right now. But anyway, (laughs) I'm so animated. But anyways, um, yeah, like it, it can, what was the question? Has it, yeah, it can build some pressure because like, again, like you see how everyone's living their life and like, that is ideal for them at that moment. And it may not be what I need right now, but I always kind of just like think back and reflect on, well, dang, if I had a kid right now, like, would I be ready? Would I even be happy if I had a kid right now? Oh, that part. Would you even be happy, sis? Right. So I'm like, so maybe it's just not the time for me right now. And that's okay. Like, let me just focus on my goals and what I think is going to lead to success for me. What about you? Definitely, because I feel like, especially because you have like these Forex niggas and shit now, um, a lot of people are achieving like financial success much quicker and in different ways. And so you see people my age, people I went to school with, they're here and here and doing this. And I'm like, damn, like I'm still out here trying to achieve my goals, but First things first, I have a very clear vision of my goals now, which I think is like makes all the difference because before my goal was just like get a good job. Like that was at the end of the day, that was my goal. But now I have like a very clear vision. And so I think that um, social media definitely has impacted. It used to impact the way like the pressure that I felt Mm -hmm. Um, just because like you see other people doing things that are your age. And so when you see them like progressing and you're kind of like not, you can feel the type of way, but listen, we all have our own different journeys. So, and, and as, as uh, in terms of achieving things by a certain timeline, uh, like you were saying like, man, the way these people are having kids, I'm like my kid, y'all's kid is gonna have kids by the time I have a kid, like, <laughs> please. So I don't know. I think as a woman, that's just kind of natural though, because for us, like we, there's a cutoff for when we can have kids. Mm-hmm. And like, no, I, I don't know too many people who want to have their first kid when they're like in their forties. You know, some women, they definitely, that happened to them and they're happy. But for like a lot of women, I don't think that is like necessarily the goal. So mm-hmm. that in terms of having kids, it gives you like a time frame when you see everyone else having kids and then I'm like, damn, I'm turning in 26 next month. I just feel like as women, like there's just so much pressure when it comes to like getting married and having a kid. Because like if you're if you reach like mid 30s and you're not married or in a serious relationship, everyone kind of just looks at you like what's wrong with you? You're going to be a crazy cat lady. Or if you don't have kids, it's kind of just like, well, your biological clock is ticking. You might want to hurry up and find someone to have a kid with. And I, yeah, again, like as women, I just feel like there's just so much pressure on us to like meet those like goals that are set by society. And for me, I feel more pressure about the kid thing than I do like the marriage or relationship thing because I'm very much so made peace with the fact that, listen, I'm over here trying to break generational curses. And I feel like it's a thing in my family that like women just get married and then live this miserable life in the name of having a husband. Or they get divorced, have many divorces, you know, and it's just like, I'm just trying to do shit one and done, trying to do shit the right way, make sure that I'm I'm happy with self before anything else. And I think that like not a lot of women in my family have achieved that. And I just, 
I don't know. Not saying that like I look down on their lives, but I see how they feel and the way that they live their lives. And like, I'm able to be like, nah. Like having a kid and being married seems nice, but it's like, what is the cost at the expense of what? Like, I would much rather be a great situation that happens when I'm like 36 or something, as opposed to like, uh, I get married tomorrow and then that doesn't work out. And then now, like, you know, I have to like restart the whole healing process and do this and that at an even later stage in my life, because listen, we are all going to die. Like that timeline, I think is stressful itself because, you know, you might live to 109, but after that, like, I, I don't know, baby. <laughs> but, after 109, it's the cutoff. Right, I'm like, I don't, maybe 116. I'm just saying, we are not going to be here forever. But it's like, bro, I have 80, I have 80 more years. So I get to that point. And I'm like, these sorry, but imagine living on earth for a hundred years. I've lived been living for 26 and I'm already fed up. <laughs> Girl, I always tell people, people be looking at me crazy. Like, I don't really know if I want to live to be old because at the point where I can't do shit myself and you have to change my diaper and I'm just right. emotional. I fear getting old. I just feel like when you get old, people forget about you. Like, I'm going to be super sweet to my kids so they can let me live with them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, to home. Right. You know, some people really love their parents and their grandparents and, like, their aunties and uncles. Like, they just have, like, that really close-knit family. And it's like, that's what I'm trying to achieve. That's a goal of mine. Yeah, I've seen this one thing, and it's like, if you don't come from a loving family, make sure a loving family comes from you. Like, that's very much so. Yep, that's the goal, 100%. Like, mm-hmm yes girl but yeah social media and you know another thing it kind of don't matter social media because again people only post their highlights I've seen people I've seen couples they have this perfect ass family on social media but you get around them and you like if y'all don't just break up already like (laughs) (laughs) or they always complain about their kids and they're just like damn everything every time you talk to older women they tell you don't get married and don't have kids or like wait to have kids or something you know so I'm like I'm listen that's one piece of advice I don't think I have to live through (laughs) to learn like (laughs) I'm gonna just take y'all's word for it (laughs) but um yeah grind culture man at the end of the day I think it can be positive oh yeah for sure it could it just depends on how you look at it yeah some people really do need to get up off their ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, well, we got about we're this we're recording this on a uh, Monday, so we have what? When did they announce the results? On I think it's uh, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow night. No, it's, I, or maybe it's seventh. They do it election night or the next day. I think they do it election night, right? That's scary. Girl, it's crazy because I remember the last Why election. Why do they count all those votes in one night? Girl, it they don't. That's errors. that's the problem. That's why, errors. that's why people don't believe in the system because it's like it kind of doesn't really even make sense when you sit down and think about it. <laughs> right. So you're telling me that polls stay open till nine and we'll hear they stay open till nine and you're gonna f- know who the president is by later that night you know what though i think they they know what's the popular vote and then like once they actually count then they'll tell you because the, that happened i think with george bush 
his presidency because he actually didn't win the popular vote. So they had announced that he didn't win. Well, they actually counted everything. They're like, this is your president. And people are like, what the? George, the, the son, not the not the dad, but the son. Oh, the George son. W. Bush. Yeah, George W. George W. 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 George W. George W. Bush. That's, that's what goes on. But I'm like, girl, that's why people do not believe in these systems already because sitting down and thinking about it, you be like, well, God damn, how do they count all them damn votes? <laughs> God damn. You know what? That was a great question. Damn minute. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> one day. dollar at 9 p.m. and you announced the president at 9.30. Girl, it's crazy because literally last election period, I remember I was in bed and my roommate from downstairs, she was like, he won! Oh my God, he won! Girl, this time I'm going to make sure I'm in bed by 4 p.m. I'm taking a whole bottle of melatonin. I might take a shot of whiskey, okay? I'm making sure I stay asleep. I want to be up. I'm going to watch the news. I don't think my digestive system can take it. Girl, I have I have too much anxiety about it right now. Like, I like I have to watch it. Normally, not going to say I don't care, but normally I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll find out who's present in the morning. But this time I'm like, oh, no, I need to know. I need to know on the dot. And I need what? to know. And it's so important to know with all the craziness going on, you need to freaking know. And what scares me the most is that, unfortunately, I don't think Biden was convincing enough. Like, he didn't have a great enough argument against this current president. Like, it wasn't a convincing enough argument. Like, I really don't, like, feel... You know, when Obama was in the office, niggas felt that change. Well, all change gonna come. Like, we <laughs> felt that. But with Biden, it's just like, like I know you're the lesser evil, and I know you want to right. do this nigga. Like, I'm just so sad that those are our two options. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess I have to go with Biden because Trump is definitely a big no. Right. And it's like, okay, from here on out, please learn the lesson. You know, people are mad. They're like, these are our only two options. It's like, okay, if you feel that way, then rally for the, the, the other people that y'all wanted didn't make it past the primaries. Why is that? Like, I feel like y'all weren't talking about them enough until they were gone. Like, now mm -hmm. we only have these two options. Well, guess, guess why? Guess why? <laughs> So I don't know. I think we need to be more like invested into our political systems and not just the presidential ones, but also uh, the state and local, because yes. let me tell you the things that you see in your neighborhoods and in your schools, those are uh, directly affecting you. And so that is your state and your local representatives and legislator, legislatures and those people all eventually say yes and no to what the president wants to do so mm -hmm. it's like focus on them too because like now we have a republican majority in the house which means that like all of these conservative ideas and laws are much more easier they're much easier to be passed because mm -hmm. that's who you know the people the people rally against and they're voting for i always have this thing the bigger the sign, the, the more I know not to vote for you. Because if you have all this money to back you up, it's most likely like not good money or not people that align with my ideas. And so far, right. I have been correct. <laughs> like them big signs, mm -mm, run. <laughs> run. <laughs> run, do your Googles. They don't mean right by you. <laughs> but, uh, I wish we could have like maybe talked about this more, you know, a couple days before the election, but 
I know with Girl, all the circumstances. Yeah, I'm like, make sure you're following us on our socials because we definitely like talk about it more on there. And like in the moment, it's just so much easier to um like digest what's going on and have conversations about it. So you can follow um Black Women Social. Our Instagram is just Black Women Social. And then our podcast page, which is Girl Let Me Tell You, period podcast. And we can def- you'll definitely see like our conversations and our opinions on things more in there. Cause like our our episodes are only bi-weekly. So sometimes it's like, ooh, like on our off weeks, we talked about that a lot, but by the time it's time for us to record. It's like, girl, we we trying to talk about situationships today. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about these niggas. <laughs> oh, man, but um, yeah, we are going to be praying, praying for change. I have to wake up early tomorrow to go wait in line to vote. Dang, girl, we'll make sure. Don't wear no plot. Don't wear them docks. <laughs> make sure you got you on some Nikes, some Adidas, <laughs> some with some good cushion. <laughs> All them damn people in New York. Uh-uh. Girl, it, the place is right up the street from where I live. So, and they open at six. So I was thinking about going there at 5.30. Oh, girl, bring your black woman social tote. Get you some <laughs> snacks in there. Because that tote is big and strong, girl. Probably going to do a giveaway soon. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at Black Woman Social so you don't miss out. Ooh, ooh. Well, it was nice talking to you guys. And we will see you guys the next time. Bye. Bye.